been a very beautiful day. I trust that you've enjoyed the, this spring sunshine that's uh, been sent our way. And, uh, it's good just to be here in the Lord's house tonight. Aren't these flowers beautiful down here? Uh, I'm just sitting there looking at them. and Those red ones, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of a little story I heard one time about a lady who comes in one morning and her husband's sitting there watching TV. She said, honey, said I'm going shopping. And he said, well, look, but don't buy. He's a little bit of a Grinch, you know. So she goes down to the mall and she's looking around and all at once she spots this beautiful red dress on a mannequin there. She thought, boy, that's beautiful. She tries it on and it fits. And she buys it. And she comes back home and hubby's still sitting there watching TV. So she goes in the bedroom and puts that dress on and comes out and says, look what I bought. He said, I thought I told you, look, but don't buy. She said, yeah, I know. But she said, I saw this beautiful red dress and said, I just had to try it on. And said, the devil said, boy, that looks good on you. He said, you supposed to say, get behind me, Satan. She said, I did. And he said, it looks good from back here too. <laughs> Does the devil ever give you any trouble? He does me from time to time. And uh, this afternoon, I, I really, when I left here this morning, had no idea what to be preaching tonight. But uh, trying to do some studying this afternoon and I uh, kept coming back to this passage of Scripture, if you'll turn to it, in John chapter 3. I guess this is one of the most familiar chapters in all of the Bible, to Baptist people especially. But uh, it's a story about a man who meets Jesus. His name is Nicodemus. Would you stand with us as we read a few verses from John chapter 3? Beginning in verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of, the water, of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh or when it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, 
and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for every person who has come this way today. We thank you for those who are tuned in via radio tonight or watching on Facebook. And Father, we pray that as your word is preached, that it might find a resting place in every heart. Father, we pray tonight that you will be glorified and you'll be magnified in all that is said and done. Lord, you just give us the words and help us to say them as you want us to. And Father, we pray that your, your will would be done. There's a lost soul hearing us anywhere tonight. Lord, may this be that wonderful time that they'll give their heart and life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving lost souls, saving old sinners like me. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. This man by the name of Nicodemus, we, we know quite a bit about him by just what is said here in this chapter, and he's, it's not the only place he's mentioned in the Bible. But it tells us, first of all, that he was a man. He was a man, just a man. It also tells us that he was a Pharisee. That tells us what uh, religious sect he was from. The Pharisees were the strictest of all the religious groups of those days. They were people who believed in the Bible. They believed that there was life after death. They believed in angels. They believed in the Spirit. They believed in heaven. They believed in resurrection. They believed about all the things that we as Baptists believe today. And this man, his name Nicodemus, the Bible says he was a ruler of the Jews. That tells us something else about him. He was one of the chief priests. He was a ruler of the Jews. He was on the Sanhedrin court high up position. He comes to Jesus by night. Now there's always been a lot of discussion why he came by night. Well, why not come by night? I've seen as many people probably saved at night as I have in the morning or in the afternoon. You see, the Lord's open 24 hours a day. We can come to him any time, day or night. And that's the wonderful thing. But he comes to Jesus by night. Now, most people say, well, he didn't want to come to Jesus during the daytime and have his friends see him. So he came by night, kind of secretly. And notice what he calls Jesus in verse 2 there, Rabbi. He recognized Jesus, and he, he recognized that Jesus was an authority figure. And he calls him Rabbi. He says, we know that you're a teacher come from God. He recognized that Jesus was far above most of the teachers that 
he had come in contact with, and he'd come in contact with a lot of them. He said, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. He recognized the presence of God in the life of Jesus. And friend, let me say this to you and to myself tonight. It's important that people can recognize the presence of God in our life if we're going to be a witness for our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be living close to the Lord to where people can see Jesus shining through in our life. He had saw God in the life of Jesus. He had observed some of the things that Jesus had done, some of the miracles he had done, and all these kind of things. And whilst most of the, the Pharisees and the scribes were writing Jesus off, Nicodemus came to visit with him and to get a little more acquainted with him and to get some questions answered. Now, Nicodemus was a man who had studied the Bible. Probably from the time he was a little boy, every Sabbath day he was in the synagogue. And every day of the week in his school time, he was memorizing scriptures. By the time he was 13 years old and took his bar mitzvah, he would have to quote word for word the first five books of the Old Testament, the books of law. He knew the scriptures. And a lot of times people think that just because they know what the Bible says, that that automatically brings them salvation, but it doesn't. He knew the scriptures well. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew why he was there before he ever asked Jesus. Jesus begins to tell him the answer for why he had come to him that night. Jesus said, Except a man be born again. Born from above is really the literal rendering of that. Except a man has a, a birth from on high, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Not only can he not see the kingdom of God, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus didn't understand this. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? When Jesus talked to him about this new birth, he thought he was talking about giving birth to another baby or something of that sort. And Nicodemus is an old man. We don't know how old he is, but he considered himself an old man. He said so. How can a man be born when he is old? That takes something far beyond what man can imagine, doesn't it? To be born when he's old. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Can there some way, Lord, that, that I can go back inside my mother's womb and be born a second time? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus begins to explain this new birth to him that it's a birth that is not humanly possible. It's a birth that is not originating from flesh and blood, but it's a birth that comes from above. 
except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Now, there's been much debate down through the centuries concerning what that means about being born of water. Our brothers and sisters over on the old Athens Pike tonight, they would probably jump up and say that means baptism. Well, I, I tend to disagree. You see, we come into this world in a bag of water. That's a natural birth. It's through a bag of water. And if we've never been born into this life, we cannot be born into the other life. So there's the natural birth right there, the, the born of the flesh, born of water and of the Spirit. It's a spiritual birth that Jesus is talking about. A birth that comes through the Holy Spirit doing a work in our life, changing our life and making us a new person in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, except you come that way, except a person is born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot see it up there first time he says it. Here he says you cannot enter it. It's a must. It has to happen. And it's not something that you can do yourself. It's a spiritual birth. It's something the Holy Spirit brings about in a person's life. Jesus will tell us over in, in John chapter 16, the work of the Holy Spirit, that it's His work to come and to convince us of our sins. It's the Holy Spirit's work to, to help us to believe, uh, to have faith in Jesus Christ and, and to trust Him as our Lord and our Savior. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You see, He's, he's making a comparison between the fleshly birth and the spiritual birth here. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Just as much as you have had a birth in this world through your mother bringing you into this world, to bring you into the kingdom of God, to be a part of the kingdom of God, takes a spiritual birth. And Jesus shares this with him. He says, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be born one more time. It's a must. Jesus used the word must in a few places, but this is one of them. It's not something that's optional. It's mandatory. If you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, if you're going to be a citizen of heaven, if you're going to have God ruling and reigning in your life, this is mandatory, that spiritual birth. Sometimes people think, well, I'll join the church, and that'll make me a part of God's family. Well, the church is part of God's family. But just joining a church doesn't get the job done. Being baptized doesn't get the job done. It's a good thing to do once you're saved, once you've had this spiritual birth in your life. As a matter of fact, it's something that Jesus commands out of us after we're saved, is to follow in baptism. And then that is a part of church membership. 
The Bible teaches us in many places about the, the church is the body of Christ and that we're a part of it and we, we have a, a special part in here that God places us in the body as it pleases Him. Paul uh, likened the church to a person's body, physical body. He talked about there's fingers and there's hands and there's feet and all kinds of body parts, you know. And God chooses which part we're going to be. Some might be an ear that they're good at listening. Others might be a tongue that they're good at talking. Others might be a finger that they're good at doing things. But God has a plan for your life and He has a plan for my life. And it all begins with the spiritual birth. And God begins to use us in ways that we never thought possible. And in doing things for Him that we wouldn't have thought of on our own. People were surprised when God called me to preach and I was the most surprised of all of them. Because I, I am basically a very shy, introverted person. I'm just fine. You put me in a room all by myself and I can stay there and work all day and not have to speak to anybody. I'm just fine with that. But that's not what God wanted. And God called me to preach and I know people said, well, I don't know about him. Well, I didn't know about him either. But I'm glad that he did. I'm glad that he chose me. And I'm glad that he's still working in my life. But now just because he chose me to preach don't mean he's going to choose you to preach. As I was witnessing to a man one day and talking to him and he, he seemed like he was getting very interested in being saved. And then all at once he said, you know what I'm afraid of if I get saved? And I said, no, I don't. He said, I'm afraid God will call me to preach. <laughs> as far as I know, he never did get saved. I haven't seen him in years, but I haven't heard of him being saved. But you see, that was the devil that put that thought in his mind. That was the devil that put a fear there to keep him from getting saved. And the devil will do that. He makes you fear many things down through life. God's not the author of fear, though. That, that fear comes from the devil. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists. In other words, the wind out here. You can see the results of it. You can't see the wind itself. The wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whence it's cometh, where it comes from, and where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. God's Spirit moves like the wind. We don't see the Holy Spirit. We can see the results of the Holy Spirit, just like we can see the results of the wind blowing. Have a hard wind come through here, and uh, I get to pick up limbs out of my yard every time that happens. Got some maple trees there in my front yard, and they're famous for dropping little old limbs all over the yard. But we can know that wind's coming through. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit is here in this service tonight. He's meeting with us. 
And he's here and he's, he's touching hearts. Maybe not in this building so much, but out wherever this message is going to. There may be people over in Russia watching this. I don't know. If they've got an internet, they can. Who knows? But Nicodemus said, how can these things be? Nicodemus was trying to figure it all out. And I've known people down through the years that they, they try to figure out salvation. Figure out how, what they can do to be a part of it. What you can do is repent of your sins, trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and He'll do the saving. That's all we can do. But He's, he's there to do that for us. How can these things be? Jesus said, are you a master? Aren't you one of the uh, doctors of, of philosophy and the doctor of, of theology down there at the temple? And you don't know these things? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen. And you receive not our witness. Nicodemus, I'm telling you things that I know. I'm telling you things that I've seen. I've witnessed all of this. I've witnessed it in heaven. I've witnessed it here on earth. I know what I'm talking about. But you're having trouble. You won't receive our witness. And you see, that, that's something when you go out to witness to people or they come to you and you're witnessing to them. Let me share this with you. Something that a man told me years and years ago that helped me so much. He said, when you witness to someone about Jesus Christ and you're following the Holy Spirit and you say what God wants you to say to them. And he said, if they reject it, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. And that helped me down through the years to understand that I wasn't the one being rejected. I didn't take it personally if they didn't get saved. Yes, I continued to pray for them. Yes, I've continued to witness to them whenever I have the opportunity. And yes, still believing the Lord's Word has been planted in their hearts. But I'll tell you this. When you tell someone about Jesus Christ, they never forget it. It's always there in the back of their mind. And at the right time, the Lord will bring that to their remembrance. At the right time, God will speak to their heart through your witness as you shared with them. Jesus said, I have told you earthly things, if I have told you earthly things, and you believe not. How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Nicodemus, I've told you some earthly things. I've told you some things that you can understand about being born into the family of God. If you can't understand the earthly things, you sure are not going to understand the heavenly things. And he goes ahead to say, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. You see, Jesus came from heaven. You say, well, I thought he was born to the Virgin Mary. Amen, he was. But the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus has always been. But he came into being as a human being through the womb of the Virgin Mary. He was born. He had a natural birth, a supernatural birth. Let's put it that way. He didn't have an earthly father. Joseph was his stepfather. The Holy Spirit somehow implanted a seed in Mary's womb. We don't understand it. It was a miraculous thing. That's what Jesus is talking about here. The heavenly things. No man's ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Jesus came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man who is in heaven. We try to figure all these things out instead of just believing. That's what the Lord wants us to do, to believe. Believe. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. God was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt through Moses. They came upon a place where there are all kinds of poisonous serpents. And the people were getting bitten by those serpents and they were dying. And Moses pled with God and asking God what to do about it. And God told him to make a brass serpent and to put it up on a pole and to tell the people if they were bitten by a snake just to go and lift up their eyes and look upon that brazen serpent that was on the pole and they would be healed. Very simple. Just an act of faith. If they had been bitten by the serpent, the only requirement was go and look. Look on that serpent that's upon the pole and you'll be healed. But guess what? There's a lot of them that wouldn't do it. They'd get bit by the serpent. They wanted somebody to come and cure them and the cure was right in front of them. But they wouldn't look. And they'd die because of that serpent. Now, Jesus uses it here. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What's he talking about? Just what I preached about this morning. Jesus was lifted up on that cross. He's that brass serpent on the pole, if you'll have it that way. That's why we see him over in the Old Testament. Here in the New Testament, we see him as the Son of God hanging on the cross, dying for our sins. And we can still look to Him. We can still be saved through Him. And that's the only route. The only way to God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There's another must. He had to do it in order for us to be saved. He had to do it in order to fulfill the scriptures about him. He had to do it because this was God's plan for him. And he did it because he loved us. Listen, verse 16, verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him, 
Believes in who? Whosoever believes in Jesus. If you'll take that word whosoever there and mark it out and just write your name in there, you can make it personal. That if Joe or Jim or John believes in him, he shall not perish. If Jane or Sue or someone else, Carolyn will put that name in there. If they believe in them, in him. They shall not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life. Life that never ends. I was talking to one of our dear members of this church yesterday, and she's down. She realizes unless the Lord intervenes that she's in her final days. But she's not scared. She's at peace. Why? She has Jesus. She's trusted Jesus. And she's anxious to go to be with Jesus. You see, she put her faith and her trust in Him. Whosoever believes in Him should not perish. And that word perish, it has to do with hell. It has to do with being cast into torment. The person who believes in Jesus Christ, the Bible says he should not perish. It won't happen. But have eternal life, life forevermore. That dear sister, she's just getting ready to really live. Matter of fact, she said at my funeral, I want, to, I want it closed out with a hallelujah chorus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 16, the most loved verse in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world. Friend, whatever your name is, write it in there. For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the only son that God ever had. But on the other hand, God doesn't have any grandchildren. We're all sons and daughters who have trusted in Jesus. But Jesus is His only begotten Son. The rest of us are born through the Spirit. He, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, put your name there, that whosoever believes in Him. In who? In Jesus. Believe that He came into this world through the virgin birth, a miraculous birth. Believe that He lived a sinless life. Believe that Jesus died for your sins and my sins on the cross. Believe that He was buried in a borrowed tomb. Believe that He arose from the dead. And believe that He will save you. He that believeth on him should not perish. And again, there's that word perish. Should not go to hell. Should not perish in the flames. Should not perish. But, what? Have everlasting life. 
Praise the Lord. That's something to shout about, do you know? Has that happened in your life? Have you been born again? If not, Jesus would love to come into your life. He'd love to, for you to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. Let me give you some scriptures that Paul spells out real well how we can be born again. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, we must first realize we're a sinner. Little boys, little girls, teenagers, men, women, elderly people, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone's a sinner. There is no exceptions. For the wages of sin is death. And the word death means separation. When death comes, our soul and spirit separates from our human body. We're separated from family and friends. But there's a spiritual death. The wages of sin is death. Spiritual death, forever separated from God and from His love. Forever separated from that beautiful place called heaven and our families and friends who have gone there. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, it's a gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift and we must receive it as a gift. We can't work for it. We can't be good enough to get it. We can't purchase it. We just accept it. Just receive it. You say, well, I'm a sinner. Listen to this. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth or demonstrated His love toward us. When? In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that wonderful? While we're all a bunch of sinners, Christ died for every one of us. He paid our sin debt. That's what I've been trying to get us to understand on in the morning messages is that Christ was paying for our sins on the cross. He didn't have any sins of his own. But it was my sins and your sins that nailed him there. God loves sinners so much that he gave his son to die for our sins. Here's our part. Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Think about that. Confess with our mouth. Just speak the words. Confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in our hearts that God has raised him from the dead. 
Now, it's easy for us to believe that Jesus died. We see that all the time. These two funeral homes just within a rock's throw of this church. And there's funeral homes because people die. We see that. We understand. But what about one that died and was buried and then came back to life? We're going to celebrate that on Easter this year. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It takes faith to believe that. I've never seen him with my eyes. But through the eye of faith, I believe that Jesus is alive forevermore. That's what the Bible teaches me. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And there's a promise. Thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved from your sins. Saved unto eternal life. To be born again. That's what Jesus was talking about here. But he doesn't come into our life until we invite him in. Romans 10, 13 says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus never entered my life until I said, Lord, save me. I invited him in, you see. And he came in. You don't have to say the same words that I do, but just tell the Lord you want him to come into your life. Be willing for him to come in. He's given us a promise that if you accept Jesus as Lord, he will accept you. You'll be born again. We're going to have an invitation time tonight. If God is dealing with your heart about being saved or Maybe you've already been saved and you need to follow Jesus in baptism. Or you might need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Whatever God's dealing with you about, this invitation time is a time for you to respond. To respond to Him, to respond to the message that He sent our way tonight. Let's stand and bow our heads in a moment of prayer. And as we sing the invitation hymn, then tonight we ask you to come. Father, Thank you so much that you've made salvation so easy for us to attain. That you paid the price. You've done all the hard work. And all you've asked us to do is to believe. To simply place our faith and our trust in Jesus as our risen Lord. To confess Him with our mouth as our Lord and Savior. And then you ask us to Follow Him in baptism. You ask us to live for Him day by day in our lives. And Lord, You come and live in us. And You help us to live for You. Father, I pray tonight that Your will would be done in each life. In Jesus' name we pray.